Episode 53 Transformation Nation Hey Chainers and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host Dennis O'Brien and I'm Katie Welsh. All right Katie, so today we're chatting with Damien Lupo. He is the host of Transformation Nation, which is a podcast and he's also owned over 30 companies. Yeah, he has done all that stuff, but the one thing he is just such a fun person to talk to. Yeah, he he was so much fun to have on the show. Absolute pleasure chatting to him. So before we dive into our interview, let's chat a little bit about you. You've had a bit of a win. Me? Yeah, your course hosting your pad was released on Thursday. Yeah, it was. Um, I released it on my mom's birthday. I thought that was kind of, I don't know, like a little bit of good luck. Um, But hosting your pad is... Just a detailed course that takes you through if you're thinking about renting your place on Airbnb or if you already are, how to kind of like maximize getting the most people for your place. Right. Yeah. So it it basically takes hosting and walks you through every step of the process. And to be honest, it's such a great side hustle opportunity. If you do have any investment property or a spare bedroom, you should be monetizing it. And Katie goes through everything and super well put together course. But do you want to tell them or should I? Go ahead. All right. It's only available at $197 for today only. Tomorrow it goes up a hundred bucks. Yes. But I want to say I did try to add in a ton of videos, like step by step, how to make your profile, how to do certain things. I added in a lot of pictures and I will be updating it quite frequently just because there are different things that I've learned along the way. And also it's just something to make it a little bit easier for your hosting experience. Yeah. Um, and then you also get access to a Facebook group where you can talk to other hosts and see what they're doing. And what we've learned then from doing all of our online courses that a lot of times even the Facebook group alone is worth it. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Like online courses are great just for that access of the community and being able to bounce ideas off each other and take it from there. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun with the course, and are you ready to talk to Damien? Yes, let's dive right into our interview. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey, Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today, we have Damien Lupo with us. Damien is a best-selling author in personal finance and money thinking. He is the host of Transformation Nation podcast and has owned over 30 companies. Damien outrightly rejects regret and speaks to it as an ultimate life failure. He has a unique approach to living a fulfilled life by breaking rules and making more mistakes faster than his competition. In 2008, he lost the entire 20 million but recreated his wealth and reinvested his life over four transformational years. Welcome, Damien. Damien. Hey, guys. So good to be here. Good to have you. So real quick, uh, you lost $20 million? I did. It's, it's, a, it's a strange experience. I got to tell you, it's kind of like a made-for-movie um, type of life experience. Did you feel like your heart stopped when that happened? 
I, I literally, well, it was, it was kind of beyond that when, when I lost $20 million and everything I was, was my balance sheet. It was my checkbook. When that went away and I was, I was negative 5 million. I literally didn't know whether I felt like I should be around. Like it was, it's a very dark suicidal type of place when you lose that much money and your whole life is about the money. It's very, very dangerous. And it was painful as you can imagine. I can imagine. So hopefully you found it in the end. <laughs> uh, you know what I, 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 uh, I, I found, I found something bigger than the money and that was, that was the powerful thing. And it's the ultimate thing I, I'm hoping for and working towards with everybody that I, that I'm, I'm speaking to. It's that they can see something beyond just the, the digits in a bank account that are made up anyway, that they really find something that matters. That's bigger than that. Definitely can relate. I mean, like losing that kind of money, like I can't imagine the sort of emotional aspect to what like going through that thinking like firstly getting a company that big and secondly just watching it all disintegrate in front of your eyes like it it, it's mind-boggling really it it is and it was it was my first real big loss and so the problem with winning all the time is you don't really have the emotional experience of being able to survive past the losses and and things that you fall on your face with and so it was incredibly valuable and which is why I encourage people to fail as fast as they can and, and, and treat it as a verb and not a noun because you're not a failure if you failed. I'd say you're a failure if you haven't failed. And, and so the, you know, the whole process of, of losing that type of money really gave me a it's almost like a secret weapon because I understand the process now way better than I did when everything I was doing was touching to gold or turning into gold. I mean, this, it's really different when you've gone through it and you realize, wow failures don't eat you like a tiger in the woods. Like it really is just a thing. Yeah, it's actually incredible. And currently at the moment, I'm actually studying for CFA level two and going into any section, I fail and I find that I fail a lot in the beginning. But in order to sort of push past that, you have to do a lot, learn, and eventually you'll start getting the sort of grades that you want to. But definitely I can completely relate. It applies to all aspects of life. It, it does. And something that's really important for everybody to realize is that in the, in the real world, there's not winners and losers like there is in, in academics. There's really winners and learners. And if you're focused on not losing, you're never really going to learn. And so in your case, when you, you make a mistake or you, you, know, you fall on your face, you learn. And it, that's what you pay attention to. It, it's that when you get everything right, I don't know that you learn that much because we can all memorize stuff. But when you, when, you, um, when you trip and you have to catch your balance and reorganize yourself, it really is. That's where the lessons lie. Yeah. De- definitely. So let's go back in time and talk to that younger version of yourself that was always a winner. What would you do differently or what would you tell them? I would have had somebody that was either gray or bald that was really close that I kept by that I was uh, has, had as a mentor or a coach that had my permission to smack me upside the head when my <laughs> ego took over. Because when you're winning and you're young, you tend to think you're invincible, 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And you'll, you'll make really dumb decisions. And people that have been down the road 20, 30 years can really give you insight if you invite them into giving you insight. But like when I see people now that are, uh, especially millennials that are doing things and I know what, where they're headed and, and they don't care what anybody else has to say, I don't want to spend the time or energy trying to push them in a direction they're going to push me back on. I'll just kind of let go and not say anything. But the person that says, hey, can you give me some guidance or can you tell me what you think? I am all in. I love that. I had a similar kind of feeling when I was a teacher. The kid that wanted to learn, I'm totally 100%. I will help you however I can. But the kid that didn't want to learn, like, okay, well, I can't 
I can't force it on you. So no, it goes, no, you can't. It goes apparently all through life, that kind of attitude. Yeah, it's it's a it's the the ultimate um, the ultimate hack. I mean, we've we've heard of Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week and and these different ways of hacking your life. The true hack is is looking to people that have been down the road. And even as much as technology is changing everything, and now we we spend most of our time in front of a screen. The truth is, there are certain things and processes and emotional experiences that people before us have gone through that we can leverage from. And it's not that we're not going to make mistakes. It's it's that we're going to make unique mistakes and not the same mistakes that everybody else has already made. I think that's a huge waste of time. And it's it's a really important thing for us to leverage off other people and not just doing the same thing all the time. And that can definitely be hard because sometimes the best lessons you have to fall on your face to learn. Without a doubt. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that is like my biggest like downturn. I feel like my mom would fair warn me with all kinds of things growing up and I never really heard her until I did it myself and then I came crying with regret and she was like I told you I don't know why you didn't listen yeah I had some people that told me and I didn't listen and I had to go through it and so I don't I don't think that that it's really necessarily bad I think you're right that you've you've really got to go through these things to learn them and that's, I mean, if we really embrace that, I think the thing that we're so afraid of is that like life is going to end, that we're truly going to be eaten by something. I grew up in Alaska and you could be eaten by something at <laughs> your front door. Like it does happen. And and so, you know, you're going to be concerned. But unless you live in Alaska or maybe Africa, because it happens there too, you really don't have anything to worry about in terms of being eaten by your mistakes. And so our primal instincts are really holding us back from the growth process that's available. So uh, I'm actually from Africa, so I can completely relate. <laughs> I, am, I am so glad both of you made it out alive. <laughs> so are we probably. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Man, I grew up in Maine for a little while. I feel like I have nothing, you know. Well, I'm- you know, there's moose in Maine and they will chase you if you tick them off, which I got. I ticked off some moose and, you know, in Alaska and they just chase you, but they're not going to eat you because they I, just eat plants. I did see a bear one time in real life. Oh. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Anyway, okay. So any skills or tools that you have um, for advice to be like a great investor? Yeah, real money. Um, I I say that because I see a lot of people doing paper trading, whether it's in the stock market or they they, they analyze real estate, or I see it a lot with, with paper trading and cryptocurrency right now. And and the, the way that you learn is you get real money involved. And this might be $10, it might be $100, it might be 10000 It doesn't need to be enough that you're terrified you know, or so much that you're terrified. But the way to learn how to invest is to invest. And you invest with money that you actually had to spend time getting. It's not money that somebody just gave you necessarily, but it's, it's money that you've actually had to expend sweat and blood potentially for. And you'll really learn and you'll pay attention in a way that you would never pay attention if you just read a book or if you just did paper trading. It's a totally different game. I can totally relate. Like if you're just looking at the stock market, you'll be like, oh, I would have bought that stock at this value. And you obviously never did. And you're like, let's see how much money I would have made. You may be interested for like a week and then that interest is gone. When you've actually got money on the table, it's a completely different thing. 
Yeah. And it's really easy to look backwards. It's, you know, I, when I was doing my real estate stuff, I had this doctor that, that bought a couple of houses in like 2004 and, and he flipped them and he made a couple hundred thousand dollars. And he said, I wish I had known you because I bought 150 houses. He said, we could have bought 500 houses. And I said, emotionally, you had no idea what you were doing. And there's no way that you would have been able to do that Two for you. is just kind of a really weird gamble. And, and so it, it's it's easy to look backwards. It's right now the crypto market is crazy, and and I, I watched my my initial investment from a year ago go up, you know, hundred percent, and then I watched it retract, and now it's actually a little less than what I bought it for. And that's really valuable to be in that thing and the emotions of actually watching this and feeling it. Most people go, oh yeah, it's up, it's down. Yeah, I would have bought back then, and I go, you don't have no idea what you're talking about. Get in the game with real money, and then let's talk. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> one of our like morning rituals is checking our Robinhood stocks because a few months ago I didn't have any stocks and Dennis eventually like talked me into like $50 and I really I felt like I was gambling completely and then I it, I didn't lose it all so then I put in a little bit more and then I put in a little bit more and now I still have to check it every day but I feel like a little bit relaxed about it. Yeah, you, you start, you, you almost like feel your way into it and you gain some legs by being in it. In the very beginning, it's terrifying. And I don't care what we're talking about, whether it's stocks or it's private loans or it's real estate or it's crypto or gold or whatever. The very beginning, it is terrifying. And then you go, oh, okay, I kind of get this. And I'm, I'm sort of getting used to how these things work, how the, how the, the process is, whether they rise or fall in value, like what's going on. But until you're in the game, it's just, it's, it's crazy and, and uncomfortable. And that's how you learn anything. I mean, you go, you go out there and, and you get involved and then you go, okay, I'm kind of in it. Like I've been studying and, and teaching martial arts for almost 20 years. And in the very beginning, I felt like a giant puppy with huge paws. I was just stumbling all over the place and, you know, falling around. And now it's, it's gotten to a point where it, it's almost invisible because it's so, because so much time has been spent in it. And so if you want to get good at anything, you really got to be willing to invest the time. There, there is no hack to become a master of something. So speaking about investing a lot of time, you've started more than 30 businesses. What would you say are the top three things that you've learned from your journey? Um, things take longer than we think they're going to take. And, and the, the, now people tend to jump out of line. They get in line, they start something and then they leave too quickly. And what we find is that the seeds you plant early will sprout eventually, but oftentimes it's, it takes twice as long as we thought and we, t and people quit too soon. And then they get in the back of some other line. And so not giving things enough time is huge. Not having any, not having enough capital to survive to where you start going into panic mode. And the, the problem with going into panic mode, there's two problems, one having too much money and one not having enough money. There's kind of a sweet spot where you feel broke, but you actually have money to keep the lights on. And, and so I see a lot of companies that are raising a ton of money and a lot of people with ideas, especially in their twenties and they get overfunded. So having too much money gets you really, really stupid where you think you're right and nobody cares in the market. You're not actually selling anything. The, the other thing is the fastest way to understand if your ideas are really, really workable. Like if there's a business there, you got to start selling something. You can have all the cool ideas and designs and office space and like the amazing Herman Miller chairs and all this fun stuff and snacks up the, you know, wazoo. But if you don't have a sale, if somebody doesn't say I'm willing to trade my money for your thing or your service, you don't have a business. That really means a lot. I mean, I think as well, when you actually make that first sale, it's market justification, you know, like an idea yes. is one thing. 
but to actually implement it and make a sale and convince some stranger who doesn't know who you are and trusts you and your concept of a product to actually follow through, that's really where the money is. It, it is. And here's, here's the thing that's so valuable. You can study, like I had one of my team members that was from a big fortune, uh, fortune 50 company. And he said, I want to do, I think we should do a, a quant study. We should have like a, a focus group and we should do it in five different cities around the U S. And I said, this is going to cost us $150,000 easy. And here's what we can do. We go out into the market, we sell something and we get feedback from five new customers that is going to be way more valuable because those people actually put money into the process. They can tell us where we suck and they can tell us what we can do great. And they can tell us what they love and why they bought. That's worth everything. You talking to people that are not your customer, those are the wrong people to talk to. Definitely. So you hate the word retirement. And I feel like with our generation, retirement kind of seems, unless you really prepare for it starting early on in your career, it's a little bit of a, a long shot to begin with. What are your feelings about it? Well, first off, we tend to think that retirement is this thing that we we retire uh, we retire retire from something we're doing. So the old way of thinking was we're going to do something for 20, 30, 40 years. And granted, the millennial generation is going to have 20, 30, 40 careers over their, their lifetime. They're going to do different things. That's kind of what's happening. A lot of change. That the idea is a little that, bit better. <laughs> no, it's very normal. <laughs> I'm, I'm already on to like my third career before I'm 30. <laughs> oh yeah. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is normal. And so you, you have to start thinking, how am I going to be in charge of this thing? And in, instead of just thinking, okay, when I'm 50 or 60, I'm going to have enough money to, to retire and do the things I want. Your generation is really good at having a focus on experiences and less on the things. And so what you do is you really retire into your life. Like you really settle into it and you, you don't wait until you're 60. 60 or 70, you're geriatric, you can't barely move. And then you start traveling. You travel when you're in your twenties and thirties and Groupon, this amazing invention where you can do almost anything for almost nothing. It gives you the ability to do these things. And then you're not waiting for that moment in time. And if, because if you do, you're going to get to that moment in time. And here's a scary fact. Most men in America die within three years of retiring. And so the problem, here's what happens. We retire and all of a sudden we check out and we say, we're, we're not going to contribute. We're not going to really participate. We're just going to consume. And my belief is that when you do that, the reason that men die, and I don't know what the women's statistic is, the reason that we die so quickly in general is because the universe looks at this and it has a rule. You can't just consume resources. Either you're going to have to contribute and you consume or you're out of here. And so people die off. They're not mentally engaged. They don't have a real focus for contribution. And it ends up being a death sentence. So if you don't want a death sentence, the idea is finding, find something that you love to do that the market also cares about and then get really, really good at it. So you become this, this beacon of hope and light around that thing. And all the wealth will end up becoming a side effect so that you're not spending your whole life just trying to chase dollars only to be in a place where you really can't do anything with the dollars because you're, you're too old to actually be engaged in the stuff that you thought would be so much fun in retirement. I can relate to that for the fact that my mom is, my mom had like really stressful jobs all while I was growing up and everything. And she worked all the time. And then finally, like me and my brother both moved out. We graduated from college and her, like her mom job was kind of done. Like she didn't have to pay for anything anymore, really. And she went back to school to become an esthetician that she wanted to do. And she likes that kind of thing. And now she's almost 70 years old and she is like a professional eyebrow waxer. And 
absolutely loves it. And, and, and that's awesome. And yeah. that's the thing that we, we, there's this weird fear that people have. If they do something, they're going to be judged or they're not going to have n- enough money to buy the car and, and that they're not going to drive. But, but an hour a day, the house, they're barely going to see that's just going to end up be, becoming a money pit. They, they, I mean, one of the things I like about your generation is that y'all don't get wound up in the idea of having a, a big house like previous generations. You're like, I just want a little spacing. I want to go hang out with people and, and do interesting things. I think that's a huge advantage. But if the people that are still thinking I need to do these things, like I need to be a homeowner and I need to have a job that pays me a lot that I get to be proud of, you know, be proud of the thing that you love doing. And you'll be the only one. Everybody's going to say, how do you do that thing that you love? And you're going to say, why would I do anything else? So you can really inspire other people if you're willing to own what you love and go out there and make a difference for other people with it. Yeah. Well, and even, even though she's, I don't know, I think like a baby boomer, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a little inspirational to me because she's so happy at her job all the time. And it's like, Oh wow. Like I want to find something that I'm really good at. And she's encouraged me to go like cosmetology school and Quite honestly, if you saw my hair right now, you would agree that that's probably not a good investment for me. (laughs) (laughs) But like her being into this kind of thing, when when I lived in Florida and when I go and visit, it is like the best payoff. I get my eyebrows done for free and she'll do like eyelash extensions and give us facials and manicures. And it's wonderful. Her going to school to do that was literally the best thing that ever happened to me. But I also think like it's something that makes her happy, you know, yeah. which is which is the biggest thing. She's able to sit and chat to you, do something she loves to do and chat to you. It's a win win for everyone. Right. I guess. That yeah. That, and it's really it's it's a choice. The 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 danger, I think, for people in general is that we don't think we even have that choice and we're so afraid of of the judgment of going out there i mean i did this for many years where i remember in in like 2004 2005 i was having a conversation with my dad and at the time i had like 150 houses and, and things were going well and i had a lot of money and i mean I, I lost it but i had it at the time and he looked at me and he said when are you going back to college i said why would i do that and he said well then you can get a, a government job and one of the and a pension like i have and i said dad I've got 150 houses. Why would I do that? And he said, well, I don't really understand. And I, it's because he was thinking and he was his, his perspective was from a totally different viewpoint of massive security. And I had created it by using my mind and not just my raw body, which is what the old industrial age was all about. You just kind of show up and you put in 40 years and, and you basically trade your life for the security. And I, I just don't think that that's relevant anymore. We, we've got the ability to create unbelievable wealth because we can com- contribute to so many more people because of technology. I mean, it's epic what we can do these days. Yeah. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, if you're looking for an awesome way to make additional money, look into Airbnb. As we mentioned earlier, Katie's course is on sale for one more day. There's only a few hours left. So if you're listening to this on Monday, April 2nd, you want to definitely head over to hostingyourpad.com and picking up the course because it's going to be going up a hundred dollars on 12 o'clock in the evening, Eastern Standard Time. That's hostingyourpad.com. Okay, Damien. So why do you think people fail at achieving their dream? 
I, I think people play to they they play not to lose instead of playing all in and to win. And our dreams, we we're, we're afraid of of being judged. We're afraid of of looking stupid because we make mistakes or that they don't work. You know, we go after something and it and it flops. And so we we stay in a in a safe space. The problem is that leads to something that came up for me a few years ago when I watched my dad the last few weeks of his life look at me and he said, I had so many things that I wanted to do. And to me, that was the ultimate disaster. It's called regret. And it was a warning. And it actually broke me because I thought, wow, you can't fix this. I never want to say that to somebody. And so my job, my mission in life is to free as many people as possible to have true financial freedom so that they're not in financial bondage so that they never look back and say, gosh, I had so many things to, I wanted to do that they did their life. And at the end they go, Whoa, that was amazing. And that's <laughs> their final thing. It's not, damn, I missed that one. So that's, it's, it's a perspective on, are you going to play not to lose? Are you going to play all in? Yeah. You only have one life to live. You got to make it count. It's not a warm up round. This is the main event. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any other books or podcasts you can recommend for our listeners? Gosh, the, you know, one of one of the my favorite um podcasts is is Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad because every week he brings people in that give you different ways of thinking and he doesn't tell you what to do. He just says here's different ways of thinking and he, he has people on all different sides. Um, I think the a couple of of books that have been really massively impactful. One is Mastery, because what the world needs is people that are willing to sink into something and go deep and and pursue mastery. And and the other one is principles, because if we're not running on principles, and I wasn't when I built this real estate empire, I wasn't running on principles. I was running on ego. And what I realized in retrospect was that if you have principles that are driving you in a mission with values you're going to have a completely different experience. In large part, it's going to tell you what to say no to. And if you don't have those principles, we say yes to anything that's shiny or running fast, and we end up going in a lot of the wrong directions. So those two books, Mastery and Principles, are probably the two, a couple of the most important ones, in addition to the one thing. That would be a key one for millennials because there's so many things to do and so many apps to engage with and so many things to, that keep you distracted knowing what the one thing is that's going to be the domino that starts all the other dominoes going is probably going to be a life changer. Right. And what is the best advice someone has ever given to you? <laughs> it's going to seem cliche, but you know what? Stop and smell the roses because life goes fast. And I remember when I started my real estate stuff and I was working and I made my first million, then I made two. And I remember I was probably at three or 4 million bucks and I was sitting there at my desk working 15, 16 hours. And then I would fall asleep under my desk. And then I would wake up a few hours later and I'd keep working. I'm a multimillionaire and all my staff is on vacation. My partners are going and traveling. They're living it up and I'm just working myself to death. And ultimately I ended up in the hospital. So if you don't participate in your life, your life's going to go by and you're going to miss it. Damien, we've absolutely loved hanging out. Do you have a favorite quote for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. My favorite quote is that mistakes are never a failure. They are an opportunity from the universe, from God to grow. And if you embrace them, your life will truly be exceptional. Shane, as we've been hanging out with Damien Lupo from Transform Nation, you can check out his website at damienlupo.com. And Shane has pushed the limits and try something that inspires you. Life is too short to do something that you don't love. Chainers, we've absolutely loved hanging out today. Why don't you come over to chainevolve.com slash 
podcast. There you can continue the conversation and view tons of other podcast episodes. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.